Welcome to The Meteor Podcast, a weekly news show about what's going on in the media community. This episode is for Friday, May 29th, 2015. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace, they offer you Mongo databases, it's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome, Meteor fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my special guest, regular co-host. Hey there. Dean. Welcome, Dean. Yeah, Rye was uh, busy and totally slipped his mind, so Dean uh, filled in. I think I think you're like the official backup now. <laughs> hey, not a bad place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week, we are going to talk about MDG blogging again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Stateful URLs. It's an interesting concept. Meteor and Backbone. That was a heck of an article. No Meteor. What would you use? And Meteor SQL. Oh, yeah. All right. So there was, there was a lot this, this week. I, I actually had trouble choosing like just five. Yeah. I had, to, yeah. I had to list of 10 and had to whittle it down. So, yeah, MDG blogging. You know what? I'm going to be lame and say I just realized I didn't read the entire article. Number one, I love that Sashko blogs, right? And yeah. The amazing part here is the fact that, you know, they, they just hired a new VP of marketing and, you know, we're, we're starting to see some changes happen in the company and this is one of them, right? I, I love that this blog post was written and put on their own blog rather than put up on Medium or something like that. The gist of this post, they called it optimistic UI updating, but I think this is really just a, an explanation of latency compensation and kind of how it works and how you can use it and that kind of thing. So I think it's worth a read. It's pretty long here. It's got, he's got four points. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a justification too of uh, what's become the norm, but it kind of takes a step back and says, why is, you know, rendering on the client so important? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And I think the other thing is too, you know, this is, it, it's maybe the norm in meteor land, but it's not the norm everywhere else necessarily. And so right, right. The, the idea is that, you know, when you read this article, just think like, you know, when you submit data on your client, basically you're able to fake out all that data going to the server running and then coming back. And so it looks super fast to you because it's going to run on your client go to the server, run there, and then the data, like any data changes will come back down. And, you know, you, you won't even see once that change comes back down. And so you're getting it way faster than everybody else. I, I think that's nice. And uh, there, there's been times where, I, you know, I've used it and it's been very, very helpful. Probably the easiest way to do this is just to, you know, put your meteor methods in the collection and your collections usually go to both the, the client and the server. So, that's an easy way to do it. But yeah, so we're really just talking about latency compensation and stubbing and that kind of stuff. So, but it's, it's definitely worth a read and I hope they put out like an article a week would be awesome. 
<laughs> right, right. Because uh, there's still a lot of convincing of people to do, right? So having more, more content. This is a rather technical one of it. I actually saw a 10-slide thing that I wish I had gotten into. Maybe we can get it into the show notes. I saw a very non-technical 10-frame uh, slideshow of Meteor that I thought was really good. Oh, nice. And so, but this is like kind of like the opposite direction of like a really deep dive and somebody who understands Angular and React will be able to get a lot out of this article and understand the, the selling points. Yeah, definitely. So more, more blogging from MDG. We'd love it. Thank you. For sure. From, you know, honestly, like I, Sashko and um, Slava do an amazing job about being more vocal about their work. I'd love to see more from like, Avatar or David Greenspan or David Glasser, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of cool stuff over there. Yeah. They don't don't really talk about it a lot. So they've got this, this like GitHub tool for managing issues that they built in Meteor and it like syncs issue data back and forth. And, um, it, it shows them like an issue that hasn't been touched in a while. Like it'll start flagging it and moving up the queue and telling them to respond to it. And it's pretty awesome, man. I'd love to see a post on that or something, you know, like. Yep. Yep. Keep it up, guys. All right. Next, next story. Yeah. This uh, stateful URLs, man. So if I, if I rewind a few years ago, even before the rise of Backbone, I was uh, introduced to the Knockout JS view model framework. It was actually what turned me on to reactivity. I wouldn't have discovered Meteor if not for my, uh, Knockout. And the idea with that was with, with, with all view model things is that there is an object whose state uniquely determines the view of the page. So if you're doing a to-do list, there's the mode where you're editing a to-do and the mode where you're not editing a to-do. And if you just have an ad hoc you know, soup uh, of, of events, you might not be able to, for example, in a Selenium or, or Cucumber test, go to a particular state of the page immediately. You'll have to click around, you know, your instructions will be like, click here and do all that stuff. Well, all that's really doing is changing the state of some object that controls the view. So what if you put the state of the object that controls the view right in the URL? That's what I got out of this post. And it's, it's something that I thought was a good idea, you know, even, even years ago, it can maybe help me think of some drawbacks of this because uh, I think it's pretty sweet. I would definitely agree with that. And I think maybe coming from Rails land, this is similar to doing like nested URLs or something, right? It could definitely be helpful. You know, I, I guess to me, this doesn't seem like a super new concept. It's really just bringing, you know, an older concept to, to Meteor, which, I mean, it's, it's got the whole push state support through Iron Router or through Flow Router, but it's, right. it's not necessarily something that's native in Meteor. So. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a back to the future concept. Uh, like, hey, this is what you can do with URLs. You can create an address for anything. You know, the, the third, editing the third record on your page. Why not have a direct URL? to that state of your application. Yeah. Possible with this. Yeah. It's important because the URL is like the, the backbone of the web, right? Like if, yeah. if you don't have a URL, there's no way for me to tell you, hey, go here and do this thing, this specific thing. And so that's why like URLs are important and that's why we have things like Iron Router and Flow Router because even with an, a single page app, URLs are still in. Yep. 
Meteor and Backbone. So this one like hit me out of left field. Uh, you know, everyone's over here like, you know, talking about, oh, hey, you know, React or hey, they just hired Yuri and he's working on Angular and, you know, we're going to see something with React soon. And then boom, you know, Mixmax comes out of nowhere and they've got this great blog post about uh, integrating with Backbone and the work that they just finished up. Yeah. And rather than trying to figure out a way to get Backbone to slot into you know, kind of like Blaze, they decided instead to write a little DDP client and have a Backbone Meteor Collection object that they can now use. And they're getting uh, fully reactive data updating going on in Backbone using DDP. This is a great read. Definitely worth taking a few minutes to look over. And uh, even if you're not like a Backbone person, I think the important thing to take away here is that uh, DDP is awesome. And uh, seeing it expand, you know, to me, like I want to see it expand more and more and have more like server side DDP kind of points where you can expose data, but, but seeing new clients consuming it too, like it just makes you realize the modularity of building a Meteor app is actually pretty amazing because, you know, as long as you're supporting DDP on either end, you're good to go. You can hook something into Meteor. Yeah, and, and this is just continuing the trend of showing that, you know, you don't have to take all of Meteor as a, it's not a big ball of mud, right? And that protocol is the, the integration point that you can have different things uh, on each side. And I wonder, Josh, like, do you think that with so much of this stuff being contingent on DDP, if DDP implementations uh, occurred in a whole bunch of other server-side frameworks, would Meteor still have the you know, compelling uh, advantage? I, I think it has a better one, right? So, yeah. like, if you think about Meteor in, in these chunks, you can break apart, right? So you've got, like, the database is one of those chunks, and changing that out is very interesting to people. But in reality, the Meteor server is just grabbing the data and pushing it out over DDP. And so I see DDP as another one of those, like, points where you can kind of disconnect something and replace it. And uh, the interesting thing is it's, you know, the DDP is kind of sitting in front of the, the client and the server. So it makes it a very interesting disconnection point where you can change those pieces out. And I do think, you know, having talked to Aeronota about the stuff that he's doing, you know, and I tried to prompt him to talk about this more on the AMA that mm -hmm. he did this week. He's doing some interesting stuff too, right? Like they've written a Go DDP library or server and, they're trying to figure out a way to use like Kafka and go to like serve up data to the, to the media clients. And yeah, that's very compelling. Right. So right. He, he was having some trouble uh, scaling with the right load that he has. Right. So Mongo's great for a ton of reads, but when you get a ton of writes, like yep. it can handle it, but uh, the way Meteor is set up to read from Mongo, it doesn't handle it very well. But, um, you know, I just, I think it's very interesting that he was able to kind of modularly break off and move this piece over here. And I don't know, I guess that's, uh, we're, we're starting to approach the idea of microservices through DDP. Yeah, I think, I think that's starting to get going and understanding the hosting ramifications like Galaxy is, is aiming to do and like uh, Modulus has been doing. Learning how to scale a DDP protocol will, will help everybody. Yeah, definitely. All right. So definitely go read that lessons in client side DDP.
it's another like back to the future. Like you hadn't heard of backbone in a little while like, yeah. or yep. URLs. Like, you know, next thing we'll be talking about meteor and XSL state <laughs> for a blog post for me about that. Yeah. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> I was uh, building a new app and it uh, has to use an undocumented uh, API for YouTube. And the only thing that it gives back is XML. And so like, I'm trying to figure out how to like parse and edit and re spit out XML and uh, XML to JS. Yeah, I've, that's, that's what I'm using, but wrap, wrap async around that. Yeah. You know, it's a funny looking JSON object, but it's still JSON. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It feels dirty. Like <laughs> sure is. digging through that. I, I tweeted like hell is other people's data structures. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Wow, I could get fewer characters by saying, like, hell is XML. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. All right, next story. Yeah, so the next story is actually just about uh, what would you use? So kind of with, uh, if you couldn't use Meteor, and uh, geez, <laughs> a lot of people have answers about that. My, my answer is, uh, I don't know, I don't really have a good answer at the moment. It would be my go-to. I mean, Node.js, but I'd, you know, be implementing fibers in it and I'd be implementing all the things that I'd miss. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like for me, I probably would have just kept going with Rails. I probably would have uh, pushed harder on learning Angular. You know, I got, I got far enough in to um, implementing like one kind of Angular controller to, to do some stuff on a page for like sorting and stuff. And I, I just didn't like it. And honestly, about three weeks later, I ran across Meteor and it was like, man, this makes a hell of a lot more sense for me. Like I could have built this entire, you know, application that I've been working on for months. I feel like I could have built it in two or three weeks. Yeah. And uh, the estimation is probably off by 50%, but still, you know, months versus a month, month and a half is, is still pretty good. Yeah. So and Facebook react has a few interesting connections for one. It's, it's not so different philosophically from meteor uh, with the reactivity. There's uh, also some of the other devs that I know that are in the closure closure script world. Mm-hmm. They're, they're big on this library called ohm, which runs on top of react. So like as, as an additional uh, front end tool to learn, for me, it'd be React, and then I'd also dig into their server-side rendering and React Native. They kind of seem to be doing a lot of the things that the Meteor community is doing. So mm-hmm. um, I think you could learn by comparing what's going on in React uh, with what's going on in Meteor. Maybe you're right. Like I would, if I had known Angular, React probably would have been super interesting to me, and it's generating a lot of noise. But I think the key difference is, and I don't, I don't know if this is true, but the team at Facebook has an actual app that they can, you know, kind of get learnings from and uh, try things out with. And, you know, MDG is great, but at the same time, they, they actually take a week every quarter. No, it's not every quarter. Every, every half year, they take a week off from doing regular work and they do app week and they build things using Meteor. But maybe the, the, the thing I'm trying to get at here is the fact that they're only playing with the framework itself every six months. And they're not continually dog fooding on a, right. on exactly. a yeah, critical yeah. app. Yeah, that's totally what I'm getting at. So, you know, React, I think 
maybe they conquered some critical pieces that I feel like meteors maybe ignored, like server-side rendering. And, you know, we, we got Cordova, so I think that's a good thing. And I think React Native is probably far too big in scope. So using Cordova makes a lot more sense to me, especially when you look at the core tenant of, like, supporting off-the-shelf components that are open source type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, I definitely think React would be on my list. I just, I can't get over, you know, JSX, like JavaScript yeah. and HTML living together. I don't know. Maybe I'm a curmudgeon, but keep uh, it. I'll throw my cane. I'll shake my cane at them with you, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we just, we've learned over the years that it's best practices to separate this crap. So let's just stop. Stop right now. Functions are just so nice. Raw, raw JavaScript or ES6 functions, like. Let's let's not add too much cruft to, to that simple premise. Yeah, definitely. So I'd love to see like React with handlebars or something. <laughs> no, no, that would be interesting. I know you, I know the JSX part is optional, but I think all the main tutorials I've seen say, you know, let's just take that as a starting point. So yeah. Yep. Well, what's interesting in Meteor SQL for you? Uh yeah. So this one like. I don't know. This is another one. Like I had no idea. I mean, obviously compose is probably paying attention to meteor, but I had no idea they were paying this much attention to meteor. This just kind of like popped up on my radar. I saw a tweet about it actually, and was so kind of excited that they were paying attention to and doing research on it that I put it up on crater and they dug into the roadmap and uh, SQL support is definitely the most voted feature. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, like I'm not hearing anything from MDG, but I'm hoping someone's working on this. They kind of outlined some of the options that are out there now with a la SQL, Meteor Postgres SQL, uh, and all those kinds of things. I found it to be a good read and it, it's an interesting roundup. I don't know how accurate it is because I, I haven't used any of these projects that they were talking about, but if nothing else, it's worth people trying some of these things out and, you know, don't, don't wait for an official package. Um, because I I think it's going to be slower than most people think to get an official package out. Honestly, I would love to, like you said, like higher Ben, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When there's a lot of churn, MDG kind of waits to to see something kind of settle in. And so it it does take a little while and you'll look into the community for, you know, really good packages that can do something now. And uh, because you can build on node functionality and like things like uh, live streaming uh, notifications from Postgres, the NPM Postgres library has been dealing with that. It's pretty battle hardened. So I don't think it would be a long road to get that kind of thing into Meteor, but you'll, you'll probably be using a third-party library for a while before, you know, you're waiting for MDG to adopt it. And that's one of the principles uh, of the Meteor uh, ecosystem, right, is that you can find what you need in the community. I don't know if, uh, you know, some of the uh, tools like, uh, you know, having a component library, having, having Atmosphere, um, it's good to have. Yeah. And you know what is probably the most interesting, and I, I just now started reading all this, but Ben Green, uh, Numtel, actually went in and responded on Crater because I don't, I don't think Compose has 
comments on their blog. Is that true or false? That's true. They don't have comments. Okay. So he left a comment on Crater, and actually it's, it's quite large. He kind of gives a, a comparison of a la SQL and Space Elephant's efforts and their Postgres work to what he's been doing, and he points out that they're actually missing quite a bit in what they're doing and that uh, they don't have a ton of test coverage and all kinds of stuff. And so he, he mentions his packages as well. If I had to, or I was interested, I would probably be looking at Ben's stuff. And yeah. I, you know, it's only going to get better if, if people pitch in, if people try it, learn, see, see what it does, what it doesn't do. And, you know, honestly, it takes you what a couple hours on a weekend to maybe add a feature. If, if you know what you're doing or if you don't know what you're doing, just keep playing and maybe you get half an implementation. You post up in an issue and someone's able to take it the rest of the way. Who knows? But like space talk, I spent a couple hours on Sunday working on space talk and submitted a pull request to get direct channels working. And it turns out like I was probably 75% of the way there and someone else picked it up and you know, they've been refactoring it over the last couple of days and it's been getting more and more polished. So this is how things get better. <laughs> cool. What are the hosting options for playing with Meteor and Postgres? Heroku maybe? All, yeah, all of them, I guess. I mean, really, so if you look at MUP, I think um, it's going to give you a Mongo database, which you can turn off and then you can install your own Postgres by hand on on that same box or on a different box. Um, so that's one option. Or probably the easiest option would be to, to go to Heroku and uh, get that set up. And, you know, I'm kind of curious now that Compose is talking about it. I know that they have, yeah, they've got a Postgres option as well. So you, okay. you could set up there and hand off the connection string, just like you do if you use Compose for Mongo. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think there's a couple options, definitely. And, I mean, nothing says, you know, you could set up uh, your Postgres database on Heroku and then host your app somewhere else if you wanted. I mean, it's all just EC2 in the end. Yeah, that's true. I was curious what, you know, what were the kind of uh, easiest onboard kind of options. Yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd probably look pretty hard at Compose if, if that's yeah. something I were going to do. Yeah. And is the idea with uh, SQL on the client that, to be isomorphic that you would use SQL strings to query your client-side data as well and create? I mean, I think that would be cleaner, yeah. I mean, it'd be weird to use a Mongo syntax on the front end and a SQL syntax for publishing on the back end. True, true. But yeah, maybe I'll do a, a weekend warrior project of uh, converting uh, the Mongo query syntax uh, into, into a SQL string. Uh, I like objects. Screw it. Let's just throw caution in the wind to build an app, man. <laughs> With uh, Meteor PG. <laughs> Meteor PG, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see what he's got on the client here. He's got subscription calls that you can make. Yeah, I don't know. This probably isn't interesting for people, but <laughs> just just one of those like as I investigate SQL, I'll need a good hosting option and then I'll figure out what's a natural feeling way for me to query it. Yeah. Isomorphic and is probably the most natural for the for the average person though. Yeah, I I would agree because it's what they're used to, right? Like it's what we've been set up to expect. So. Yeah. 
So, and here's a pro tip for you while we're on the subject of databases. If you set up a database at Compose, don't use things like add symbols or colons or slashes in your passwords or your usernames. Yeah. <laughs> those things that are special URL characters. Yes, yes, yeah. those are the ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been bit by that before. Yes, I helped a guy yesterday and he's like, I can't figure out why I'm, you know, I'm on Modulus, I've got Compose set up, but they're not talking to each other. And, you know, after about like three minutes of looking at everything, we're like, he had an ad symbol in his in his password. Wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a bummer. Uh, well, I, I guess it was a bummer for him. He felt like he wasted a lot of time, but you know, it was good. We fixed it pretty fast. Yeah. So, the perils of string concatenation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, coming on the show, Dean. Good topics, Josh. Yes. Have fun. You know, I haven't done this in a while. Let's uh, let's maybe talk about the patrons. I didn't do it last week. Yeah. I definitely, we've been getting some new people on here. So I'll just mention some names. Uh, but if you're interested, you want to jump in the Slack chat room where you can find Dean and Rye and myself and a bunch of other really awesome meteorites, <laughs> you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash uh, Meteor Club. And there's a $10 play in there that'll get you into the Slack chat room. But we had uh, Matthew F on, has joined, uh, Ruben I, uh, let's see, Marcus L, Fred A, Benji, ton, tons of people are joining. Excellent. So awesome. I think we're up to like 80 people in that chat room now. It's getting <laughs> getting crazy. Yeah. A lot of, man, I just, I, a lot of interesting stuff. I wish I was in there a little bit more this week. Uh, yeah. It's, it's almost, um, I mean, it's, it's a little noisy, but it's, it's really fun to watch all the people learning the experience. People will jump in and be like, Oh, here's the thing. Like even today, like, uh, Stefan Holhouse was in there asking like, how do I do this? And like, we're all giving him suggestions. So. Yeah. Pretty awesome. From like meteor specifics to general JavaScript stuff. A uh, lot to learn in that room. Yep. To Ben's poop jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and giffies. And, and, and weird giffies. I will say that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, we'll be back next week. Maybe with Rye, maybe with Dean. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Ciao. Yep. This podcast has been a Meteor Club production. You can find out more information about Meteor Club at meteorjs.club. It's pretty easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. Again, that's meteorjs.club.